0: Welcome everyone to the Hilliard Beacon election special interview series, uh, writing candidate edition. This is, in all likelihood, our final interview for uh, the season and the cycle. And I am joined today, as usual, by my good friends and uh, compatriots, uh, Tim Hoffman. Good evening. And Kevin Corvo, rapidly adjusting his microphone. Bona sera. Oh, nice. He's been working on that one. I can tell. And uh, we are joined today uh, by candidate for Brown Township trustee, uh, right in style, Michelle Stayrook. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. All right, it's great to be here.
0: Well, ten—I uh, think this is ten interviews in for our election series, or if not, it's very close to <coughs> ten. And feels this like feels like ten. I'm thinking
2: eleven or twelve. I thought we yeah. that count. I mean,
0: uh, I've been putting all the, the the mega postings together and getting all these <clears> things kind of collated uh, in our web presence, such as it is, and uh, it's been kind of fun to see it all come together, and this will be a really nice, interesting, and unique capstone, I think, to the whole cycle, because this is a different style of candidate, and that's basically because of the formalities of the structure and everything, and I'm sure we'll get into that, Uh but, Michelle, uh, we usually turn to Kevin for an opening question, and and I'd like to do that now, and I think it's a very traditional one, but go ahead, sir, unless you're going to spin it out, unless we're going I am a not. completely different direction. <clears throat> no. no, I think we... Could.
2: Uh, Michelle, just what inspired and uh, motivated you to seek your first elected office as Brown Township trustee?
1: Great, great question. You know, been thinking about it for a while now, and it's really it's just the interest <clears throat> to have a seat at the table right i mean we have some a great team of trustees today uh, but i think there's a time that transition of understanding and knowledge of how we work and run the township is needed right the township is growing fast uh we'll talk a little bit about today about looking at the rotor, rotor registration right and the age brown township is well diverse there's no predominant age group within Brown Township. Hmm. It's well divided. And, you know, I'm right down in the middle of that. So I think there's an opportunity for me to learn and grow with the mentors who are there today. And why not? Why wait two years?
0: Well, that makes a certain kind of sense to me. Uh, It seems like there's a lot of energy behind this year's election cycle is we've talked to all the candidates that have been coming through and seeking office, and I assume even the ones that uh, didn't come in. They all feel uh, that now is a very important time in the (laughs) cycle of growth, not just for Hilliard City as a proper boundary-drawn community, Mm -hmm. but also for the surrounding townships, Norwich and Brown. Uh, In the past, Brown has been developed into fairly heavily, as we've you know moved westward and as things have changed as far as the the growth patterns have changed but you said you know this year seemed to make sense to you to get started so what were their particular issues that were coming up more regularly what were you seeing or hearing that made it kind of critical for this to be the year instead of one or two years from now or maybe when the requirements were more uh achievable or or From from a timetable perspective, what made it now?
1: You know, truthfully, uh, real estate,
0: Mm. right?
1: I mean, we've had multiple 100-acre tracks sell in Brown, $3 million each, right? That's a lot of property being sold and not to in-town communities, right? Um, Local residents, families. I mean, these are out-of-town, out-of-state entities who have the money to buy, Right. And so it's like, well, what are we doing? How are we preparing ourselves? I I kind of want to ask: Is there a war room at the town hall to say, yeah, we're we're tracking this? I think we do, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the other side: is that there needs to be an educational campaign, right? Um, a lot of people don't know that the trustees don't have the power to say, "Thou shall not sell" or "Thou shall not annex." We don't have that power as a trustee, right? It's all lies within the the owner of the property, right? So I think for those properties, it, I don't want to say it's too late, but it might be too late, right? But how do we protect ourselves? Or if those properties are gone now, how do we work with the new developers <clears throat> or owners to make sure that it's within the vision that Brown needs to be or we want Brown to
0: be, right? The structure as it exists uh, for those kind of land purchases it can be pretty intimidating when you see a a story in Columbus Business Times or something, for example, of 146 acres purchased for X by this company. A company does not say what they plan to do or who they actually Mm -hmm. are. A lot of times they're holding companies. Um, A lot of times developers uh, will use those kind of up-to-the-moment obfuscations of what they're trying to do in order to claim business practices or things that might be negatively affected. But in reality, what it does is it creates a significant era of uncertainty in the places where these people are coming and trying to build whatever it is they're trying to build. Mm -hmm. So um, the driver for you, seeing these large land purchases, wondering what's the mechanism and already knowing that property rights trump almost everything in America as presently constructed, as has been the case since Roman times. Right. people are going to build on land that they own, but what happens there and how that process matures is kind of a new phase of township politics because people working on those scales hasn't always been the case. You said you've been a resident out there for almost 20 years. How and uh, Pam commented over the course of her 35 years, it changed a lot from five-acre family farm lots and larger farms to different things. Talk a little bit about that diversity of brown that you mentioned earlier and how it's changed over the course of your time there if you don't mind
1: sure so i've been in brown for 10 but in hilliard for 20 okay and uh you know we bought 2.7 acre lot right uh but our backyard is soybeans and corn it's it's a wonderful feeling right and everyone loves the sunset uh there's just something really special about a small community and especially you know during the pandemic right? Where you had space to move yeah. um, or have people over and, and just enjoy the space. Um, so f- from a geographic or a, a perspective, you know, we have the middle school that was built, which is great, right? A little more traffic, but great asset for the Brown Township families, right? Mm-hmm. We have our elementary school or middle school and our high school there now. I would love to have a sixth grade building there, right? Um, but I don't think the land is being set aside for things like Hilliard, um, city schools. Right. Uh, because the money is, is going to developments potentially. I think the lot next to Memorial middle school is being considered for five acre lots perhaps.
0: Probably. Yeah.
1: I think that that would be a great opportunity to put a reserve that for school. Mm. Right. Um, is it Hill Farms there on Elliott in Sayota Derby. I remember reading in a paper years ago that they rejected the, that plan because there wasn't enough equestrian like aspects to the plan, or they had to reserve land for schools, right? Um, so, you know, when I look now, they're building um, Hill Farm. Um, but I think Sid Griffiths, right? The equestrian center next door is either sold. And it looks like it's not being occupied. So it's like we want to build these communities and we want to have aspects of rural. But I think the farmer's changing. The farmer's willing to sell. Right? Mm -hmm. And then who takes the property? Right? The farmer's not selling. The farmer's land trusting, if I'm saying that correctly, Mm -hmm. to their families. Right? Because the tax benefit in doing so. Right? The families don't want to farm. That generational farming is dwindling in Brown and, and in probably many parts of, of the U.S. So it's, it's a bit of a challenge, right? It's like the landscape is changing. But um, I think there's still some uncertainty what's next. Yeah.
0: A lot of people are wondering how the structures of government that exist can be engaged to help manage that process. Uh, we talked a little bit uh before we got on air about tax increment financing. Now, the ins and outs of it, nobody knows. Nobody understands. I am 100% sure uh, of the people around this table I know the most about TIF, and I don't know all or even the majority of what makes it um, the mechanism that every developer wants to use, but I know the key concerns that make it super desirable. So when the township and the city and schools come together to manage that resource and say, we will not deploy this unless we have conversations (coughs) between these three branches of local governance. That's kind of those early stages of of that emerging structure uh, to deal with these growth and developments and things like that. As somebody coming into the township office, what kind of feedback or input would you want the township to have in those decision-making processes? We've struggled here, I've struggled at least a little bit, with some of the vague language of campaigns like Save Hilliard, where they talk about reasonable and neighborly. Out there in Brown Township and more of the rural parts of the community, that those words have resonance, but what do they mean? How can a township trustee, uh, and I mean, I'm not saying you're running on the Save Hilliard platform, of course, but how can a township trustee translate those concerns to their residents or help their residents manage those feelings
1: that's a great question you know educational right you have to have the community first of all you know everyone can can sit back and be upset with an outcome right i think there's an expectation or i would expect the community to participate right if you have questions come to the meeting right and if you can't come to the meeting let's figure out how we can get you the information right I think, again, it's this education advocacy that I would like to focus on, right? Most residents don't know, right? I have a lot of learning to do in the sense of, you know, I want to understand how the township runs. Um, If we need um, to use TIF money, right, to (coughs) get new fire and EMS, like we don't know. Right. Can we use those funds to support interests in the community? Right. We have a Metro park, which is wonderful. Right. Um, if there's monies to be used for the benefit of creating, um, I really like to kind of package or historical society, right. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of rich history here and everyone goes to Hilliard downtown for all the historical buildings that have been moved out of Brown to, to, to Hilliard. Right. Hmm. Um, so it would be nice, right? There's that beautiful brick home in the middle of Walker that's the lot that just sold. Can we use those funds to procure more open space but owned by the township, right? Right.
0: There's... I've had my feelings about this all, all along is that there's an opportunity for government and township, city, whatever yeah. to focus on... Land banking, land trusts, uh, aspects of acquiring at this point, because as they say, and as they've said for years, they don't make land anymore. It's important to consider its use. Right. Uh, what would be some of the uses that you would have for that land banking? You would talk maybe like a more uh, rurally focused or Brown Township focused community center, a gathering place, or something oh. of that nature. Uh, that would more regularly or more easily make maybe some of the things like you're describing these town or community meetings more readily attainable for a township that's distributed like brown what are some of the other uh hopes that you would have for land banking or creating (coughs) this this entity within the township which is focused on land uh, acquisition
1: uh great question but you are right like the town hall we currently have today you can rent it out um but we're not going to host big weddings we're not going to host big events um but i also feel like what would be wonderful i feel like what we're missing out on is and someone told me this uh, a few weeks ago is could brown be an ag tourism right could we really um for and it would support both brown and hilliard and, and norwich right Utilize those small businesses that we already have, right? Um, encourage them, promote them. And maybe more agricultural or ag tourism would grow, right? And how do you, where do you host that, right? They're small family farms, but if you had a structure or infrastructure, you know, either near the firehouse or um, at a location centrally located, you know, could we use the funds for that?
0: And I think too, as market farming and things have changed industrial farming on these large acreages that have previously existed may not be a family's speed but three to five acre farming where you're focused on curated content for lack of a better word that's something that people do and do successfully here around the area and, and in larger and larger quantities as people um look for more accessible uh, things to do with just themselves and their families because the manpower or, or the people power isn't there necessarily in family settings to do the kind of farming that uh, used to sustain those acreages. So right. that would be an interesting usage for sure. I've had um, discussions with people all over the spectrum about taking some of these larger acreages and partnering with ownerships, creating land trusts and turning those into uh power generation via renewable sources you know great location for a wind farm would be a 146 acre farm because you know you don't have to deal with setbacks quite as much and then you can also know that if that land needs to be returned to farm use it can be done so in a uniform way mm-hmm. as opposed to having to disassemble uh, thousands of construction independent uh buildings and all these other things that tend to happen on those parcels so
1: and they've been talking about the solar field um just south of 40 right on Is that Mm -hmm. Pleasant Township, and I think it was supposed to be um, complete this year. So I'm not really certain why the delay, but that's – and it's supposed to feed back into Brown, southern portions of Brown.
0: Wherever the connection goes in, we have some people that we know that are pretty tied in with uh, AEP and how all that generation transmission service and things work. But uh, he'll tell us – Up and down, left and right, that it's not just as easy as building the thing. It's the tie-ins, it's how the power loads are managed and everything else. Right. Um, Tim has often talked a little bit about uh when we're talking about zoning and and things like that and the nature of things, uh the aesthetic element of living in a community like this, of being in this area. You mentioned the beautiful sunsets out in Brown Township and and that rural living. I come from a very small town in Eastern Ohio, a lot of beautiful sunsets and blue skies and things like that. And, uh, the sun is still beautiful and the skies are still blue and, and we're all living together in community, but what is a little bit of what makes Brown township special to you and what makes you, uh, move there first from Hilliard a little bit further out. And then what makes you want to stay and and keep changing that community and, and developing it?
1: Sure. You know, interesting. when I first moved here 20 years ago, I took opportunity, right? I bought a condo, Mm. right? Um, And it worked for me great, right? As a person who was I going to stay here for for a long time, I didn't know at the time. So condos work, right? But then I, you know, I, I met a Buckeye, married a Buckeye, and here I am, right? We're raising our family, and we moved from a condo to a house over, you know, off of by Tuttle. And now, okay, well, if we want to actually have our camper and our four-wheelers and mm-hmm. um, have space to expand without paying a rental fee someplace, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, storage.
1: Let's go to Brown. And I'll be honest, the first year I was like, oh my goodness, what did I do? I moved too far out. It takes me, you know, three traffic lights hmm. to get back to town. Right. Um, but we adjust. And I can't imagine living anywhere else, mm-hmm. Right. And so you have that. You mean you have more of the wildlife, you know? Obviously, I know Pam helped with the Prairie Oaks Metro Park. It's an amazing thing to have—2,200
0: 2, acres in
1: our backyard.
0: That's a lot. So that's a lot yeah. of acreage. That's guaranteed to stay the way it is for a long, long time to come. So that's that's, that's a special amenity that's uh, difficult to place a value on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we can be downtown in. 15 minutes right so there's just it's it's like a rural setting but city living right and right. we certainly in brown enjoy the amenities of of hilliard city up right and it's right there so
0: that interconnectivity is the thing as the fission and the frission around development in all these areas right. takes place as The CHIPS Act really kicks in and Delaware starts to see its re-industrialization of central Ohio in this uh, Silicon kind of format. Uh, It's going to change how a lot of people live, work, and interact here on the roads and in community and things like that. Um, What would you feel like would be the next steps for township government, township trustees and and fiscal officers in engaging with uh, Hilliard government and the various school systems, Dublin school system, and and uh, both Hilliard school system. What would be some of your first steps into growing that collaboration between these entities?
1: That's also a great question. In thinking about education, right, and I was thinking about, you know, the trustees, we have lots of different responsibilities, right? And here in Brown, we have three schools right in our backyard, right, And I feel like there should be a engaging the youth, right? Trustees come in, talk with the primary schools, the secondary schools, understand the roles that we play in the community, but also say, okay, understand what our community offers, right? Um, Introduce those schools to our agro farmers, whether the big farmers or the small farmers, make them the day trips, right? Like understand how unique we are as a community, but also know that there's other you know businesses right when we send a lot of kids to tolls for for service um, opportunities you know we can send them to downtown to learn you know big city things right but there's still this aspect of 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 rural living that i feel like if you teach them young they'll understand right so and beyond the 4-h right a lot of people just stay the 4-h route sure and you know have their goats and cows and chickens, but a lot of families can't have that. We don't have the space for that. Well, so. as those
0: five acres have sh- shrunk down to two and two, seven, five acres, you're right. just experiencing the same compromise that suburban dwellers took when they took the one and a quarter acre lots. Uh, and those are the trade-offs that people have made for being more <coughs> or less in town, out of town, right. more or less, uh, you know, engaged with city services or, or those type of things. Yeah. Cultivating that understanding of what uh, Brown Township and township living uh, can be for somebody—not just as a place to grow up and graduate from and leave, uh, but as a place that you can stay and make a career and a life and a meaningful family and cultivate more of the kind of community that you want to see preserved and maintained—it's a lot more organic than uh, than a lot of people would imagine. I think. Um, Given the right opportunities, a lot of folks would love to stay right close to where they grew up and lived. Mm-hmm. And uh, creating those opportunities uh, and being an environment where those things naturally flourish and grow and develop—that's the tough. That's the tough synthesis of what a government can do for a community, what a what a community can do for itself. The people self organizing and kind of setting goals and aspirations. Um, usually I like to turn to Tim to ask a couple of questions too, about either the community plan maybe, or, or anything you really thought of. I mean, I, I represented your views a little bit there <clears throat> earlier, so I wanted to give you a chance to do that for yourself. Fair enough.
2: Uh, yeah, I've got a, a couple things, uh, to talk about talking with other candidates for, uh, trustees of Brown Township versus, uh, people who are running for, uh, office in the city of Hilliard. Um, you know, the style of the lifestyle is different between city and township and um the governance style is also very Yeah, the mechanisms. Uh, the mechanisms yeah. are very mm-hmm. different. Um you know, uh in in Hilliard obviously we have a large large a large city council and a large administration and a large uh, number of people and most of them are focused on Development, the coming development, what is going to develop. Structural adjustments and changes. Attracting things, whereas in township, things are much calmer. It's much more an idea of the, the steady hand on the tiller of everyday governance. Um, not a lot is, is going on. And so talking with people who live uh, in the township and c- kind of understand the way things work out there the main the one of the major questions in brown township Mm -hmm. and i've been instructed to ask you
1: this okay i'm ready
2: salt or sand
1: Oh, for snow, ice. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's like one of the pressing issues in the township. <laughs> Salter
0: sand.
1: I'll tell you that my garage floor would say sand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the radioactive NACL would say uh, sand as well. I would, I would imagine. Uh, so, gr- uh, growing up in southern New Jersey, they used sand. Mm-hmm.
1: It's plentiful there.
2: It is plentiful there. It's under all the trees, and it's next to the ocean, too. <clears throat> but what we would have along all the residential streets, we didn't have curbs, so we would kind of have these uh, riverbanks of sand mm-hmm. on, on the sides of the road.
0: To that help w- children study sedimentary layering. Help children <laughs> study
2: uh, wiping out on your bike, mostly.
0: <laughs> so the nuts and... B-
2: soft patch of sand, anyway. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of the idea of... Um, a calmer pace um less to be doing less to to do less to have to take care of you know mostly uh making sure the roads are dressed properly and uh essentially you can get out of town and then back home right um so yeah i i had to bring up the Salter sand
1: i have to ask what exit if you say south jersey
2: sure sure 7a
1: Okay, exit eighty.
2: Pretty far, pretty far south. Okay, Seven, people from the Garden State <laughs>
0: identify by exits on the turnpike. <laughs> never. So it's it more, of a, North, it's a more Jers, of a. It's a more of an. Jersey people but, always like they just kind of suss each other out over time. I don't know. <laughs> it's like pork <laughs>
1: roll or Taylor <laughs> Ham, but.
0: Right,
2: right, for sure. Yeah, okay, and it was pork roll. We were in pork roll country. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh,
0: wonderful. Yeah, I was. I grew up in a weird part of Jersey. So Jersey Devil. Tim's yes. kind of getting at the idea that things are slower paced in township, but you've been telling us that things are getting faster paced in the township and that people are feeling back-footed. So his question maybe is kind of dancing around the idea of how do you help people through those understandings of it's always been one way, now it is rapidly changing and starting to be a different way. So what is the role you see for yourself in helping residents kind of master these changes or kind of come to grips with and and take their voice into these new areas and new eras.
1: Yeah, you know, I'd like to bring the community as a whole together. And how do you do that, right? When you look at the voter registration, 50% live in the incorporated, 50% live in the unincorporated. Um and you're like, okay, well, how how does that how do we come together, right? You guys know this, right? If I'm in the incorporated part of town, I can run for township trustee, I can run for board of education, and I can run for city office Mm. and still live in Brown Township. Mm. In the unincorporated, I can run for trustee, and I can run for board of education, but I I can't run for a city office.
0: Or vote in those races or anything. Exactly,
1: or vote. So it's like, I want people to think like, okay, we're Brown Township, but there are two potentially very different viewpoints. And am I thinking in a bubble? Mm-hmm. Is my decision impacting only 50% or is it impacting 100%, mm-hmm. right? Like people need to understand that. And I think a lot of folks maybe don't understand that Heritage Preserve and Tartan Meadows and Hill Farmer are Brown Township entities, right? They just assume it's big buildings or high density that it's Norwich and City of Hilliard. Well, it is City of Hilliard, and they have those amenities, but um, there's an advantage as well, right? There's a tax basis coming to Brown. We may be able to do more things with those funds, and so we have a responsibility to understand both sides. So how do we bring them together, right? Is it educational campaigns? Is it social events? Um,
0: A lot of people have just talked about, more recurrent meetings, more, uh, opportunities to engage those governments in different formats. So whereas before a general information meeting was the only thing done, perhaps it's general information, education, uh, committees interested in different aspects. Like the growing up is hard to do, uh, when you have to develop these structures in order to successfully engage in what is coming, uh, Via these 140 acre land purchases of families that are just looking for something different, you know, just like we were all looking for something different when we found our way to Hilliard. Or Kevin uh, looking for something the same okay. uh, when he when he settled, but it, I guess, uh, one of the things that we've kind of noticed as we've come into this and through this, uh, as more and more people have been talking about how these things are growing and changing, is uh, those structures. 2004 or 2014, rather, I found a dispatch article describing the negotiations for fire and emergency services. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm reading it. And I feel like I could be reading an article that's published today about the exact same situation that is recurring uh, as people are trying to expand and grow and take on more capacities. What do you see as far as this fire and EMS services contract as someone who's lived out there a long time, as someone who's seen this go once, twice, three, four times, and now up to 10 revisions passed back and forth now between the negotiating entities? It's a difficult problem. It's one that's persistent. You mentioned if the tax base is changing, there may be new solutions. Uh, what do you, what do you feel uh, needs to be done to kind of push this issue forward and across this particular finish line?
1: You know, you know, Chief Chief Baird said in in a Norwich Township meeting that you know he wants to serve all communities, right? Norwich, Brown, and and we appreciate that, and we want Norwich to stay, right? When I we moved here in 2013. Um, the tax levy was being pushed, right? It failed, then it pushed. So we, we came in agreeing, voting yes to that levy, right? So there's a commitment from our citizens that we will have fire in EMS, right? The timing is interesting, right? We have a new firehouse in Norwich, paid by TIF Money from Columbus Development on Alton Derby, right? Mm-hmm. Um the next step is to furnish and place people and equipment in that house, right? Um, how do they do that? It just a little bit looks a little disingenuous that the negotiations are ongoing and what has been said in, in the Norwich Township meetings that they want to pull out. But at the Brown Township meetings, they you know are saying we're agreeing to the terms. So if Brown's agreeing to the terms – and norwich wants to pull out i mean it's it's about coming together right this people who are <laughs> negotiating the contract today in 2023 were the same individuals right the township mm-hmm. trustees mm-hmm. of 10 years ago mm. so yes dynamics have changed but i think they have to to see it for the for the betterment of the people right I feel like we can reach an agreement, right? Contracts happen. Amendments to contracts happen, right? Well, let's get this one going. And if you guys want to amend a contract on an issue that we can't resolve, well, let's talk about it. But don't interrupt our service. That's just a disservice right. for for both communities.
0: Taking a tactic to a whole other level of precarity uh, is a, is often successful in bringing people to the table, but there are risks associated and obviously turning people off to your service if they feel that that's an extortionist move or something like that. But there's right. risks involved with gaps in fire service and emergency services coverage. People right. have um, struggled for what seems like going on 15, 20 years with response times and and distances uh, struggling to keep up with growth and, and the way that people have uh, kind of like spread throughout these communities. So mm-hmm. working towards uh, an interim solution and and planning for the future, as you said, looking at uses for new tax revenues or, or creating <clears throat> the environment for new arrangements or new agreements, it's got to be a priority for folks because um, being on the the recumbent bike of constant contract negotiations over sticking points that neither entity can really probably change too much uh, directly right. if you know what i mean like fire and emergency services are responsive entities they 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 are required uh, by the founding of their institution to cover um, their their area their geographic areas uh, because of the taxes and everything like that but How you flex, how you grow, how you develop those resources, uh, who pays the bills, that's all in the ongoing uh, process of governance. So uh, thanks for answering that question a little bit. Kevin, you sometimes have some follow-up about the fire issue specifically, and you've got the longest tail on the information here, so I didn't know if you had anything on that or if you had another question. I wanted to make sure we covered the negotiations between Brown and Norwich as part of this podcast. Okay. I don't have anything additional. Okay, uh, well, Tim, are we close on time? I think we're about thirty minutes now. As a matter of fact, it's five o'clock. Yep. Okay. I don't know. We usually go about another ten minutes or so. I thought maybe it would be interesting to ask you if you had any um, less defined by circumstances and, and land purchases and everything. But if you had any more generalized goals or hopes that you wanted to see develop within a community like Brown Township, or any anything that you've heard from residents that you might want to forward. As an issue for your own or for or for something that you feel might might be otherwise neglected.
1: OK, well, I appreciate that. And I think we touched on some of these through our discussion today, you know, from from an ag, ad, advocacy perspective, excuse me, um, you know, again, promoting the rural feel, right? The small business, the small ag business, right? We are bound by what we can do as a rural um entity on what we can do but there's a lot of good ag business the flower farmers the you know hay farmers um we have um cattle
0: or even uh, i was mentioning i see i watch these videos of these artisanal market farmers cultivating just row after row of you know small and and boutique crops and things like that where you 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 find you find buyers you 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 sell that stuff very well so yeah there's opportunity in in ag
1: farm to table right all
0: scales yeah
1: yeah Uh, We mentioned earlier, engaging the youth, right? I think the trustees can do a lot to serve the community and engaging the youth at whatever level it may be or making those connections with the schools to the ag, right? Um, Preservation of history. It's big on that. So my example is this real quick, right? So we have 4-H in Brown Township running a – it was a go-back-in-time engineering project. I was like, we're going to go to Prairie Oaks and we're going to learn about the quarry, Right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about how they quarried and we're going to, it was, it was kind of cool. It was a Lego installation, but I couldn't find any history on Prairie Oaks. I'm like, I know it's out there. So we hunted down the ranger and said, okay, can you lead us to the plaque that at least gives us a paragraph about the history? No clue. No plaque. So you know where we went? We went to quarry trails. Mm
0: -hmm. Easy, right? Mm -hmm. Google
1: it, all this information, pictures and history. And we had a, a whole content. I feel like that's a big missed opportunity there, right? Brown Township 4 H, we have a lot of good history, field farmers, you know a good story with Prairie Oaks. Like that. Like, so why aren't we capturing that?
0: I mean, creating an institution unto yourself that kind of chronicles the history, the the culture, the the township as it existed. And, and right. maybe and could look in the future. That's interesting. I just read something on um, an Axios newsletter that's published daily here that the Ohio Historical Society is going to stop maintaining their online uh, Ohio history Uh. encyclopedia. Hmm. Uh, Hmm. Thousands of articles of uniquely Ohio history are no longer going to be accessible past the end of the year or something like that via that portal. I don't know if there will be an archival process of the existing material or not. I certainly hope so.
1: So we need Uh, a searchable
0: database uh... at least.
1: Amazon Data Services—they can't help us out here.
0: Oh,
2: right.
0: Yeah, you'd hope there's a rack of servers in one of those mm-hmm. airplane <clears throat> hangars that uh, that could accommodate all of Ohio's recorded history. We're gonna put a rack of servers in this waterfall. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, no, no. these um, things are these things are a, a, a critical part of um, the growing Midwest infrastructure, and what some of these empty fields look like now could could very well yeah. look a little different in the future, but. It's how you take those resources. It's how you take those choices and make the next choice uh, for the people that live in your in your area. So, did you have any other, um, you know, initiatives or, or ideas that you wanted to pass through? I didn't mean to cut you off there, just by mentioning that um, that article. Oh
1: no, you know, again, I think it's educational campaign. Get the people together. Let them understand what's in our control as a trustee, as a resident, and what's not in our control. Yeah. Why'd right? you let them
0: sell that? Why'd, right. you, why'd you let him sell that? I mean, we don't you don't know. get to tell him though. No. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: And then, you, you know, the trustees now, and I'm one of those that want to go to, you know, uh, Franklin County Board of Commissioners, right? And you want to sit and you want to speak up against, you know, a variance or something. Because as you know, development happens in Brown through Franklin County, right? right. Planning and zoning. Um, one trustee sitting at a meeting does not make the earth move, right? So if there is a bigger issue within the township, it's an expectation that the people are gonna show up. Right. So but if they don't know about it.
0: Yeah. It's how very difficult. Up, so. It's very difficult for a people, a polity to come into their own power without the appropriate level of knowledge right. or the appropriate level of organization. And I've yeah. talked to people about that all up and down these interview slates, is that uh as The city of Hilliard's constructed. We've got a city manager, a nice broad administration, professionalizing and growing all the time and changing um, the way things get done. But that's very organized. City council, very organized. Commissions, very organized. The people that they all serve, the citizens of the city or the citizens of the township, lack that organization. They lack that organizational structure. Um, I've talked a lot about neighborhood planning groups in my past as – developing ward representation, that is that educational and structural fix that gives people meaningful access, that stops you from being a lone voice or a hastily organized uh, collective mm-hmm. for a single purpose mm-hmm. and allows you to be a unified and ongoing uh, collective mm-hmm. uh, for a common purpose, which is continuance and the development of your locality, but with each other in mind uh and without that structure without that organization without that ongoing commitment to bringing all those people together uh regularly so that they can be on the same page or bring their own issues to the fore and front of concern you won't get there it will always be tossed by tides and uh storms and beset by things that you don't see coming Mm
1: -hmm.
0: uh, because you don't have the system in place to see them ahead of time right um So that's what I've seen and what I have always talked with other people about is creating those systems that let people participate at the earliest possible points Uh, so they feel connected uh, and not alienated. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't want to take the last word and I don't want to turn it over to you for some generic summing up of your candidacy. (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your professional life was before you decided to get into politics and what you've been doing, uh, these years, you've been raising your family and and tell us a little bit about you and what you think makes you, um, suitable and suited for this kind of work.
1: Another good question. So I have been doing environmental affairs for since graduation, right? Uh, consulted, uh, boots on the ground, you know, environmental assessments, um, cleanups, understanding the strategy of, you know, how to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that for 20 years. I started my career in New Jersey, grew up mm-hmm. there, uh, had an opportunity <clears throat> to work for a client based here in Dublin, and said, okay, well, I can't afford any property in New Jersey, right. but I can afford something in middle in Columbus, sure. right? So I took an opportunity, left family, came here as a single person, mm-hmm. and, you know, then traveled doing things for, for that client, right? Um, I said, okay, well, billing hours is... Tough, but you know. Um, so just last f- six years ago, I went from consulting to corporate side. It's a much nicer side of the table to be on, right? A
0: little more rooted in a in a place.
1: That's right. So you know, yes, of course, we're working. I'm working now for the chemical company, right? Managing a portfolio of projects that are either governed by US EPA or Ohio EPA or any other state agency. You know, it's it's a wide breadth of projects, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have to work with property owners, right? We may have have vapor intrusion, maybe not a common term for this, this discussion, but going to, you know, the resident next door to our facility and <clears throat> say, you know, there might be an issue. I need access to your property. Or working with attorneys saying, well, we do have an issue, right? Mm. Or, you know, we sell properties, but we maintain liabilities, right? Mm. There's contracts for days, and how you want to look at them and manage them. So I think from that perspective, I bring a lot to the table with working with different types of, of individuals, people, agencies, right? Because mm. at the end of the day, you're right. You all have a common goal and there has to be a resolution. And sometimes you have to make concessions or come to get to a common ground, right? But the understanding and the, the intent has to be there. And if right. you can't communicate that, you're going to have roadblocks all day long,
0: hmm. right? Fantastic. So. Well, that is what this series of interviews has tried to set out to do to communicate uh, important information and detail to the populace of, of voters here in and around the area looking for options uh, for the development of their government structures. Uh, Michelle, thank you for coming out and joining us today. Uh, we apologize for making it such a late appointment, but we we're happy you kept it nonetheless. Uh, and for the folks here at the Hilliard Beacon, if you could like, subscribe and support our work, we would love to do this into the future for you and not just chronicle this process up through the election, but the work that comes after it, because uh, as community, we all know that we are not going away. These issues aren't going away and uh, the solutions to them are only found uh, in the community that we grow and build with each other. So. Uh, in our efforts to do that we would love your support thank you very much and we will see you next time goodbye